Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I believe this is episode 125, and um, this episode is going to be a little bit different in that I do have a guest, but we're not doing typical guest interview style. Uh, she's actually going to be my co-host for today's Valentine's Day themed episode. So Chelsea, I'll let you go ahead and just introduce yourself here for a moment so everybody knows who my lovely co-host for today is. Awesome. Yeah. I'm Chelsea Chandler, another um, CC dietitian. True. <laughs> so funny. Um, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. And just like Claire, um, I work from an intuitive eating and health at every size framework. And I have also found myself on TikTok these days, um, which is hilarious. And yeah, I'm really excited to be here and to co-host with you. Super fun. It's so funny. I hadn't realized until you said that a second ago that not only as we were talking before we hit record, do we have many other similarities like with our, our path into dietetics and beyond, but our initials as well. <laughs> I know, right? Who knew? I, I have to know, is Chelsea your first name or your middle name? First. First. Um, yeah. Mine's a, a little bit switched. I always joke. I mean, Claire is my middle name. Fun fact. Okay. Catherine is my first, but I have, I have Still never, seen. yeah, I've never, ever gone by Catherine in my life. I don't know why my parents decide to make that first and then have me go by my middle, but um, we still have matching initials, I guess. <laughs> no, so funny. I love it. And you might enjoy this too. In high school, we were like coming up with alliterations and your name would have worked for it too. So I made mine before ever thinking of being a dietitian. Uh -huh. Chelsea Chandler choose chocolate chips and it could have <laughs> worked for you. <laughs> I, uh, whenever I had to do something similar, I would always do something along the lines of cooking, like cooking Claire or cooking creative Claire. I don't know. I've always loved cooking and, you know, making fun, creative things. So yet another similarity, I guess, between us. I and know. Look at that. Look at that. And I have to say too, since you uh, mentioned that you're also a, a TikToker, your TikToks are always on point. So we'll, we'll make sure people know where to find you and how to follow along with you at the end of the episode. But it's, a, it's truly a pleasure to be able to co-host with a, a fellow TikToker. <laughs> yes, wonderful. <laughs> uh, well, we are here on the week of Valentine's Day. So the day this episode goes live is gonna be Wednesday, February 10th only four days away from Valentine's Day. And I was kind of in idea mode, brainstorm mode about a week ago, like looking at the calendar, what is something fun and creative that could be done for Valentine's Day. And as I told you before we hit record, doing something alone is never as fun as doing something with the person. So you really came to mind for me as someone who uh, was fun, has great energy. So to give our, our listeners an idea of what we're gonna be doing, Chelsea and I have both prepared our list of top three ways that we think uh, dieting, diet culture, disordered eating, whatever we want to call it, could potentially get in the way of uh, your romantic partnerships, ability to build romantic connections, have a love life, whatever that might mean for you, our listeners. So uh, Chelsea and I do not know what is on each other's list. So we're going to do a little uh, blind react here. And I guess uh, before we dive in, anything that you wanted to say before we um, dive into our threes? Yes, definitely. So First and foremost, if any of, I guess, the six things that come up, um, again, I don't know Claire's three, so maybe we have some of the same, we'll see. Um, but if any of these are things that you struggle with, that's valid. Our culture is wild with this dieting jazz, and it's valid and normal to be struggling with any of these things. And I certainly wouldn't expect anyone to just listen to this and be like, okay, I'm not struggling with those anymore. Totally makes sense. Um, and the other thing too is I recognize that 
you know, there's a lot of privilege in the dating world with maybe pretty privilege, thin privilege, um, you know, straight, straight privilege. There's so much um, that goes into this and just wanted to, you know, bring that awareness there that there are some people that just have ease with walking through the dating world. Yeah. And I really appreciate that you kind of brought saying that to to my attention and to our listeners' attention, because I mean, both of the lists that you and I have come up with are obviously informed from our own personal experience and how Mm -hmm. you and I navigate the world is likely very different from some of how our listeners show up and navigate the world. So I think it is so very important to say, as you mentioned, A, anyone's experiences who are listening are very valid and um, it's okay if our experiences are are different from yours. So thank you, my friend, for saying that. And um, I guess, do you want to take it away with your number one on the list? Yes. All right. Number one, I gave mine kind of little titles, little names. So the number one way is the dating delay. So what I mean by that is the idea of I cannot start dating until I weigh X or look like blank. Um, My client actually, one of my clients recently said, this is her, I can't date until I lose X pounds mantra. So it's that thought that I can't even enter the dating world until I look a certain way. And what's really interesting about this in particular to me is that you're preparing yourself through the discomfort of dieting for someone you've never met before, Mm. ever. And I think that's so interesting. And I'll run through, so I also have a part-time job in a university, so I work with a lot of students. And um, I'll run through a little scenario with them, and it kind of goes like this, usually dating app run. Um, I'll be like, okay, so you have the dieting or diet culture version of you and the authentic version of you. If somebody on the other end of that app was like, I want the dieting version of you, what would you think of them? Mm. I just let that simmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. such a valid point. I'm curious with um, anyone who you might come across in your university work, is that ever a, a real conversation that you've had with a student or an individual who uh, has maybe brought this to your attention? Like, have you ever asked that question? And if so, I'm curious, how did they receive that or what was their response? Yeah, actually someone in particular comes to mind. Um, so at the university also, like we, we practice intuitive eating and health at every size, but people don't really know that. We're not super public about it. So mm-hmm. we still get a lot of people that are coming specifically for weight loss. So that's usually where the conversation starts. Okay, well, you know, tell me kind of why you decided to reach out now. And they're like, well, I'm downloading the apps. I'm starting to date again. So, you know, that obviously becomes a a deeper conversation. Um, And as you probably do, I ask a lot of open-ended questions, just like that scenario I presented. And um, there was one girl that comes to mind that she was just like, oh, I guess I wouldn't like them very much. I wouldn't like that person. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense <laughs> that you wouldn't like that person. And, you know, this in partic- this uh, girl in particular uh, was talking about shapewear. Also, she would wear shapewear <laughs> to dates to feel more comfortable. And she brought up, she was like, well, if this date goes very well and there's potential intimacy at the end uh-huh. of this date, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. um, those students are so lucky to have an individual like yourself who can ask those type of questions. Because to be honest, I don't know if I personally had ever thought about it in that way. Like, what would you think if a potential prospect, dating prospect said to you, I prefer the dating version of you? I think for many of our listeners, that's kind of unsettling that, you know, Mm -hmm. someone who we're hoping to form a connection with would want a version of us that is so actively focused on 
food, on uh, changing how we show up in the world, on counting X, Y, and Z on the scale. That's um, a really interesting way of framing it. And to mm-hmm. something else that I uh, really like what you said, as you mentioned, how much time and energy possibly goes into manipulating your body, manipulating your food intake for someone you've never even met before. You don't know what kind of person they are, <laughs> how well they may or may not treat you. That's just um, a really interesting way to frame it. Like for what or for who if I've never even met them? Yeah. yeah you, you might not even like them. <laughs> yeah. Very it might well. not be compatible, right? You yeah. just don't know yet. And you're already doing so much active manipulation, like you said, to I don't know, for a hypothetical. Yeah. You blew it out of the park with, with <laughs> one, with one. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to follow that one up, but where my mind went for the first one is, I don't know, my mind went very basic here at first. So if you are not eating enough, if we are restricting, if we are under eating, whatever that might look like, we are simply not going to have the energy or the desire to pursue anyone in a romantic setting, right? Mm-hmm. So, and beyond um, not eating enough, if you're hyper fixated on food, you're simply not going to have your full energy to be able to show up and learn about a partner, to invest part of yourself in them and hopefully vice versa. Like, again, my mind just went to like, if you're kind of in survival mode where your body is like, I'm unsafe, I'm not being provided for, I'm not being cared for adequately, you are just not going to be able to put your all into whatever you might be trying to do, whether it's dating, whether it's deepening a a partnership or even like friendships or um, relationships with family, right? I think it's just super important that we recognize diet culture is saying, eat less, move more, undernourish your body. And ironically, it does so with this promise of like, life is going to change and you're always going to feel so much better. But a lot of the times, at least in what I do with my clients and some of the stories and experiences they have shared with me, they've made it to the end of whatever dieting road and they kind of felt like the diet fell really short on a lot of its promises, right? It's like, I was hyper fixated on food. I was hangry all the time. Um, I, you know, insert dieting outcome here just didn't really put them in the position that they felt like they were able to show up as their best selves. So um, that was my thought for for idea one. What are your thoughts yeah. or feedback there? Yeah, it's so interesting because I don't think people realize when they're in it just how much of their brain space has been eradicated by dieting. And, mm-hmm. you know, like from like a physical standpoint, like you said, like you're actually undernourished. And just from your capacity to build relationships as like authentically you, if your brain is always concentrated on something else, you can't be there to experience the full experience of being on a date. (laughs) And just, I mean, you might not even want to eat the food. I don't know. But like, there's just so much that it, it takes away from every experience, especially I can see that coming up in dating. Yeah, that um, a little bit of what you were saying there may or may not tie into a, a future number that I have. Great minds think alike, but okay, we've both checked off our number ones. What is your number two? Um, I'm laughing because you you said that you had kind of gone like surface level on some, and I was like, I've gone too deep on everything because <laughs> that's just who I am. I just yeah. like dive straight into the deep end all yeah, the time. I don't, so. even, I don't even know if I would call it surface level as much as like, right. I just went to like a very basic, like not enough energy, not interested in partner. <laughs> like, I don't right. know. Went to it's that perfect. Pair. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I love the deepness. Keep it coming. <laughs> all right. So again, going with my titled... Um, tips, I guess, Uh Uh, the self-sabotage. And this came from a client. Mm -hmm. So this is maybe not something that I would have thought of. Um, But 
kind of operating under the assumption that you, as you exist right now, are not worthy of love or appreciation or romantic attention, which again, plays off what I was talking about before with like the dating delay. So, you know, this might be that you don't date altogether. So you're like sabotaging it altogether. Or for this particular client, they were in a happy relationship, but couldn't believe that they were worthy in the body that they were in right now, which actively interrupted the relationship altogether. Mm -hmm. So it's this mental self-sabotage, that's a word, Um, but that comes with a physical self-sabotage as well by means of not eating enough, over-exercising. So it's kind of this dual thing that plays into almost, as this client put it, ruining the relationship that was fine because they assumed that their partner couldn't love them as they were. Mm. Even though they heard like the person saying it, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that that was real. And I thought that was so interesting and sad and just painful Mm -hmm. to feel that way, to not be able to see that everything was fine. Very interesting. Yeah. I've, um, since you mentioned that kind of came up from uh, a client story or a client interaction, now that you mention that, I mean, I can think back to heartbreaking conversations that I've had with a lot of my clients who say something along those lines, like, I don't feel worthy of this partnership, or maybe my partner tells me, I love you no matter what, or I care about you, or I love your body and how you show up in the world. But, um, you're so right in kind of what your client was saying that even though I might hear these things, I might be getting this validation from my partner if my internal space is not in a place to be able to actually believe that and internalize that. And um, I can see how that would really get in the way of furthering and deepening that connection if one person is saying like, I love you no matter what, you're my favorite person. And the other person is like, no, that's not true. Like I could see how in some ways that would maybe create like a, a breach of trust in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, if you see it that way, but that's kind of what I was thinking of when you were sharing that story. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the diet culture disruptor, like living <laughs> in your brain. That's just like, no, like, don't believe this. Like come back to the dieting side. Like, you can't believe what people around you are saying. Like you need to stay on this, you know, dieting path. And I imagine I don't work directly with people in active eating disorders, but I imagine that voice is quite similar. Um, that eating disorder voice is kind of, I don't know, sisters with the diet culture voice and they operate in the same space. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of see it as this, you know, person living in your head that's like, no, what you're experiencing isn't true. Mm-hmm. I um, I actually had a client one time. I'll just, <clears throat> let's say her name was Sarah for conversation's sake. That was not her name, but um, we had a, a way of referring to that quote, other voice that you were mentioning. We would call her other Sarah, right? So like, it's not, it's not actually me that's saying that, but it's this voice that's been informed from years of, living in diet culture, being surrounded by fat phobia, right? Whatever we want to call right. it was informing that other <laughs> voice of yes. hers. And the really, um, the really twisted and like icky thing I think about that other type of voice is it is there to serve uh, this culture that profits off of you continuing to stay wrapped up in counting everything you're eating and stepping on the scale and actively pursuing you changing how you show up in the world, right? Like I don't think it's a secret at this point on this podcast. I've shared it a lot of times, but like even in the United States alone, the diet industry is worth like the last stat I heard was $72 billion. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's maybe even more than that by now, but 
that's a system that um, has a lot going for it, right? And a lot Absolutely. of voices and a, lies, a lot of lies that are out there to support this industry and to keep it alive and by being in a place where individuals are actually believing things that their partner, their friends, their family members are saying like, I love you how you are. Um, there's another way to take care of yourself. Like by believing the truth behind those messages, this big bad diet culture eventually would crumble, right? So we see how serving that voice is to like this system that's way bigger than each individual one of us, if that makes sense. Yes. And I love that you brought that up because I always, I hear a lot like kind of in our space and social media, I guess that, Hey, this is a $72 billion industry that profits off, off of your insecurities. But I'm like, hold on. These aren't really your insecurities. These are insecurities that were like inserted into your brain and left for you to pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm just, oh, it's just mind boggling. Yeah. And insecurities that are like instilled in us by a culture that uh, prioritizes some foods at the expense of others or puts certain bodies on a pedestal while demoting others, right? Kind of going back to some of those privilege aspects that you were saying earlier. So um, Mm -hmm. we could go down many, many rabbit holes here, but um, (laughs) I think I'm actually going to go a little bit out of order now. I'm looking at my list. I'm actually going to jump to my number three and I'll come back to two. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I think this really fits or is kind of a, a tack on to what you were saying. So Intuitive eating, we know this from numerous studies that have been done on intuitive eating. If anyone who is is interested in reading some of these studies or looking at more of what I'm about to say, the place that I always tell people to look, Chelsea, I don't know if you have a a different resource, but if you go to intuitiveeating.org, like the website, I think it's either slash studies or slash research. They have a really great... uh, compilation there of links and kind of takeaways. I don't know, just quickly here on the spot, do you have any other thing on the top of mind that you tell people to go and check out studies or is that your go-to too? I go there and then also hayscurriculum.com has, they're like actually like PowerPoints, but they still have a lot of really good like information in them that lead you to other studies. So yeah. Okay. So if anyone is looking for these, uh, studies very vaguely that I'm about to refer to. You can find them in either one of those places. So we know that intuitive eating is associated with things like better body image, higher levels of body satisfaction, um, more positive emotional functioning, higher self-esteem, that's a word too, um, (laughs) etc. Whereas restrictive eating or dieting, eating disorders, like anything that falls under that umbrella is mostly associated with the opposite, right? So greater body dissatisfaction, lower self-esteem, lower mood even, um, which can all be barriers for um, connecting to someone else on on a meaningful level or opening up to someone, sharing intimacy with someone, right? When we think of things like greater body dissatisfaction, lower self-esteem, lower mood, right? All of those things in my mind, I see as things that could take a lot away from not only a romantic partnership, but other relationships too in life. And like you were kind of saying earlier, this isn't me saying that if you're experiencing any one of these right now, just get over it or you shouldn't, Right. right? Very valid. And you know, there's, um, a lot of tools and, and spaces where maybe someone could uh, reach out and start to unpack how some of those things are impacting their lives. But I think it's really just important for the purpose of this conversation to say that dieting and restrictive eating is correlated with some of these things that are known to not be so helpful to our relationships. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate because I can see like if somebody is feeling dissatisfaction, like in their appearance and their body, that comes across to a potential partner as like a lack of confidence. And again, these aren't actually 
that person's personal insecurities. They're just the ones that have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, it's the cultures and securities that are placed onto that person and it makes them look like, you know, someone who's so insecure and lacks, you know, confidence in themselves, which isn't the case, but that's might, might be how it's received on the other end. Mm -hmm. Like, which is just unfair. It's just unfair that, they might be perceived as like not having confidence. And like, I think we tend to gravitate towards people who have kind of like that feeling of confidence and that's taken away from somebody Mm -hmm. by dieting and diet culture and all of this jazz. Yeah. Um, Since you're bringing up this idea of kind of confidence as it relates to um, how we show up or how our bodies are, something that I will sometimes ask my clients, I'm not sure if you do something similar, but uh, I will often ask, well, body aside, what is another area of life that you feel really competent in or confident in? And, you know, I'll get a lot of really great responses. Like I'm really great at my job or like when I'm working with students, it's like, I'm really good at learning what is going on in this class, or I'm a really good friend or I'm really good at allowing people to feel heard, right? So um, this is not me saying like, oh, just dismiss how you feel about your body and only focus Mm -hmm. on positive things. Not that at all, but I think it can be a helpful exercise in confidence and then kind of um, reinstilling a little sense of self-worth or self-esteem to ask yourself in what other areas of my life do I currently feel confident in? And if there's not one that comes to mind, maybe like ask a family member or a friend or a partner, like, Hey, like, what is one thing that you feel that I'm good at? or I'm decent at, right? I guarantee you a loved one will, will have something to say. So I just wanted to, to add that in there. I don't know if you do something similar. Oh, I love that, Claire. That's like so good. And it just brought to mind too, like, as we're having this conversation about like, dating essentially it is so reduced to what you look like it's and that that is just like the most boring thing about someone Mm -hmm. and it's the one thing that we know for sure is going to (laughs) change like there's there's no guarantee and I'd be really surprised to meet someone that their body doesn't change at some point in their life so you know it, it really does shed a light on how there can be so many different areas where you can exude confidence that have nothing to do with your body. And that's so important and so much more exciting. And great, great reminder as well that it's like, if the only thing that we are finding interesting about a person is how they appear, um, A, way more exciting things to discover about a person than that, right? And also that is one of the things that is going to change over time, right? So we have to become more aware of maybe some of the the other things that can be more constant and reliable on, if that makes sense. So um, what's your three? I'm curious. All right. Number three. And again, I said that I went deep with these and a lot of it is informed by clients. Um, So the last one is how diet culture actually affects who we choose as partners. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So bottom line, like we all grew up here in diet culture and nobody is marked safe from it. Um, You know, you can mark yourself safe on Facebook. Um, (laughs) That's what I think of. Um, So, so maybe like you aren't experiencing like some of the issues that we're talking about, but you might be limiting who you're choosing as a partner because you are operating under diet culture assumptions and assumptions about people's bodies and like having a partner that looks a certain way um, and that being like an important thing. So the reason I was inspired to bring this up, I have this amazing client who he like loved reading anti-diet. He was like, this is so interesting. Um, and he was just super cool. We're just talking about it. And I just wanted to like bottle what he set up. So now I feel like, yay, I can share this with someone because it was so pure. Um, I had also shared with him Alyssa Rumsey's post about BMI a couple weeks ago that went like crazy. If you haven't read it, definitely check it out. Um, so he was like, you know, this might be TMI, but I find myself 
trying to choose partners, choose women that don't live in a larger body because I do and my family does. And it has nothing to do with me not being interested in wanting to date these people. I just thought if we had children together, I wanted to give them the best chance possible genetics wise because he really thought lived under that false assumption that that was kind of the end all be all of weight science and whatever it may be and i just thought that was so interesting he was like i just i feel so bad like i i thought i was doing this like for my future lineage and all of these people i probably could have been dating that i really liked and was interested in that i didn't like my mind was blown Claire, I was like, that was so, like, raw and pure that he, like, shared that with me. And one of the, honestly, most interesting things and, like, reflections that I've heard from a client so far. Yeah. That is, I've never had an experience, at least to date in my career, where someone has shared something similar. That doesn't mean that no one else has ever had that thought. I'm sure they have, but that's really interesting kind of the way that he packaged and presented that to you. And something that it kind of makes me think of is how sometimes uh, diet culture will disguise misinformation or discrimination like under the lens of health. Right? Yes, exactly. His intention, it sounds like in doing this, wasn't to be malicious or wasn't to Mm. say that I don't like people who show up in different bodies or I see them as any less valuable, but it really sounds like his intention was if we have a future and if we decide to bring kids into the world, I want my kids to be as safe and as healthy as possible. So it sounds like his reasoning in opting for smaller bodied individuals was to really preserve his lineage and provide his children with as much quote-unquote health and safety as possible. And I just find that so interesting because you're right. I mean, and he's right too, that we're brought up under this lens that weight exactly correlates to health or being in X size body means you're healthy. We'll never have any health problems, but it kind of sounds like he discovered maybe through working with you, reading a bunch of different resources, like, wow, maybe I've been misinformed and maybe that has been something that's really holding me back, not only in my personal life, but also in my relationships. Right, right. And I thought, you know, his story is, you know, likely unique, but still worth kind of shedding some light on. But yeah, it is, it's from a health standpoint in his case, but then there's also the more, I guess, shallow, if you will, um, effects that diet culture kind of, or the thin ideal perhaps has on who we choose as a potential like mate or person just to date. Um, like there's going to be some level of shame or something if, if your partner that you choose doesn't fit a certain look or a narrative, which is not true, of course, but it, you know, I, I wonder like, oh gosh, has this, has this affected me? Have I not realized that I've been operating, operating under that assumption in my life? Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is all just really interesting to shed light on, on all of this. Yeah. I don't know about, about you, but a lot of the times I find that the more that I am in this field, that I do this work, that I learn about ways that diet culture, the thin ideal, fat phobia, you know, all of these things, how they have infiltrated my life. Like I'm always so interested to learn maybe something that I've been doing for years that I've never even thought of to like see it one day in a new light. Like, oh, that's where that came from, right? And we could probably talk for days and days about that, but maybe it's a good takeaway for our listeners. Like, just be curious about where some of um, your actions come from, where some of your thoughts come from, where some of uh, your decision-making comes from and and what informs that. Um, But I'm so glad that you brought that into the conversation because Again, I guess another example of how doing this alone would have not been near as fun or informative because 
I, I didn't go down that route. So I'm so pleased and glad that you did. But um, let's see. I'm going to go back to my number two. And then this segment of the pod is going to be a wrap. Let me see what I wrote down. Um, so, oh, here we go. I kind of went for eating along the lines of connection here. So we know that food, although it is something that is necessary to meet our physiological needs, we know that it's not something that we just do or partake in for those physical reasons, right? It's also one of the major ways that we connect to other people. This could be seen in traditions, in holidays, like birthday celebrations, right? So when I think of one of the ways personally that I connect to my current partner, I've connected to ones in the past, it has really been through food, whether that's cooking, whether that's going out to eat, whether it's like even just talking about how food was growing up in our households. Maybe I talk about that because it's just something I'm very interested in and I ask all of my mm -hmm. clients about that as well. But I wonder, you know, for those individuals who maybe are in or have been in a really sticky situation in their relationships with food, like how that could really negatively impact one of the major ways that we connect to others, right? I think you even hinted at this earlier, like, I don't know, I'm willing to bet that a lot of first date encounters that individuals have, I don't know what it looks like in COVID world, but I guess before that <laughs> probably involves some sort of eating, and or drinking in a lot of ways, at least in part. So if we are constantly fearing, you know, I don't know where we're going to go, or what are the calories going to be like? What if I'm only quote unquote allowed to eat these foods can really take away your ability to, like we were saying earlier, be present to connect. And that might even come off then to the other person, right? Oh, maybe this person isn't that interested in me, or maybe they're not having a fun time if you are not able to be fully there enjoying the food. Like I always say to my clients, we can let food be a part of our lives and something that adds value, but it doesn't have to be something that um, consumes all of our energy and time in a negative way. So um, mm -hmm. that was kind of a, a thought that I had a little bit more along the food side. I'm wondering if you've ever seen anything like that with your clients or maybe even yourself. Yeah. And I had a feeling that that was going to be one of your three. So I uh -huh. didn't put it down on Good. purpose. You know me well I, enough. <laughs> I knew it. Um, and it's so true, like that, that fear of food and needing to know everything about food, calories, whatever it may be, just absolutely takes away from the enjoyment, the satisfaction of the food itself, obviously, but also the moment the experience. And I feel like you see this on like movies a lot or something, but like, and it seems to be mostly like male, female relationships, like out on a date where the girl is like ordering a salad and the guy gets a burger because they're like trying to uphold this like view, like, look, look how I eat. Like yeah. I'm so like quote healthy, that kind of thing. I don't know if you've like noticed that in movies mm -hmm. or anything, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely see this with people. Um, and actually another client recently said like she feels kind of good to have started intuitive eating in COVID time because she's able to practice all of the 10 principles in private because she knows how stressful it's going to be to do that out with friends and in public and eating in front of people. So it's like she got like a, a preview of yeah. it. So definitely see that coming up with, with clients and, and friends that I know and that kind of thing as well. Yeah, I've actually had um, a lot of clients share something similar. It's like, um, it's a kind of a weird way of framing it, but like blessing in disguise in a way. I am by no means saying that we wish upon the world, another pandemic in order for us to be able to learn about intuitive eating in this setting. But again, yes. some of my clients similar to yours have shared, it has been really interesting and really nice, at least in part, to have a little bit more uh, time at home, 
time alone, time to myself to explore some of these principles so that I can understand them and wrap my head around them a little bit so that when life changes yet again, and we hopefully, fingers crossed, have more social interaction and more opportunities to go back out into the world, we can then work on how do I implement these in a different setting. So love it. I I love how we... um, presented our top three in like a very balanced way. I feel like we hit on a a couple of different topics, but uh, before we move on to our second segment, anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap here? Yeah. Kind of like two little things. Uh Like number one, there are not prerequisites for being worthy of love like period. There's none. Um, So if anyone's listening to this, like just kind of write that down in your brain and save it for later. Um, and the other thing is that I hate that some of the things that I mentioned kind of fall on the individual to disrupt as like a mindset, right? Um, and I, I hate that. I hate like telling people like, oh, like change your mindset. Like, you know what I mean? Like that just, not everyone's ready for that. And that's okay. Again, like we've kind of mentioned that a few times, like it's okay if you're experiencing this and it's also okay if you're like not ready to like, you know, fight the system. Cause that's a lot to ask of an individual, but at the same time, we are the individuals that make up the whole of this. So we have to be like the little like invasive species, like, you know, coming in and planting seeds and taking over. Um, so if you have the energy and that's you, we're here for it. Yeah. One day and one idea and one person at a time, right? Um, yes. Something that I will always tell clients when we're on the phone, I say, you know, I have an idea as to, you know, something we could talk about or where we could go next, but I really want to hear from you where your head's at, where your energy level is, because you're right. Some days we might be in a space where we cannot even fathom trying to have a different mindset or doing something different, right? And I think if anyone who is listening is like, yep, that is me. Can't tackle this right now. (laughs) Need to work on just trying to be okay during this pandemic, you know, that is all right. But um, yeah, just kind of gauging energy levels, I think is something that I took away from that very important thing that you just shared. Uh, But as we transition to our final segment of this Valentine's Day special. So uh, I see Chelsea has popped onto the Google Doc. I did too. So to give our listeners an idea of what we have in store, if anyone follows me on Instagram, you may remember that uh, a couple of days ago, I had a story slide up with the prompt. If you are open and willing to share, please drop me uh, a line of anything that maybe a a past or a current partner has said to you regarding food or body that made you either A, love them more, or B, want to get the heck out of there. (laughs) Run for the hills, ditch the person, whatever it might be. So I have compiled some of these into a document that Chelsea and I are gonna kind of go back and forth and try to have just a a fun and a more lighthearted ending to our episode here. But we did wanna offer a a little disclaimer before we get into this, because we are calling this segment for alliteration's sake, as we learned, we both love alliterations, but we're calling it date or ditch. And again, this is meant to be a fun, lighthearted segment where we can just share some listener stories and submissions. But if we read off any submission and Chelsea and I say, you know, ditch or no thank you, it is by no means us trying to say like, that person is awful and you should never be dating them or in a partnership. You know, we realize that Although food is part of a partnership, it's not going to be the full story that tells us the whole picture of the relationship. So uh, we want this to be as fun and and lighthearted as possible. But um, before we dive into these, Chelsea, any that you just like want to share here briefly, just from like your personal standpoint, maybe like something that has been said that brought you joy in the past, it didn't set well with you, like any that come to mind along those lines? Yeah, like a quick one, maybe Uh like I was an 
athlete my whole life. So I was used to being very strong. And then I went and traveled for nine months straight. And like I had, I experienced some changes, which again, I want to add that I still lived a lot with thin privilege, but I remember my partner being like, he was just like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? I didn't notice. And I'm like, what? Like you didn't? And he's like, no, I like still don't know what you're talking about. Like, what are you talking about? And he was just like being silly about it. But he's just like so kind and so sweet. Like, I was like, all right, thank you. Like, you're right. Also, why do I care? This is so silly. This whole thing like just like made me realize like, oh, this isn't something to be, this isn't a concern at yeah. all. So yeah. I love that. Well, we'll give them a green light. Yeah. Uh, well, very briefly, I shared this one on Instagram. I think it was about a, a week ago, maybe at this point, but I was sitting here in my office and my partner was over in the, the kitchen, like putting together some sort of snack. And I hear him just like, he walks over to the door and he's just like, it really is crazy how much food we just need to eat to survive. Like even when we're not moving around a lot, when we're just like kind of existing, like it's crazy how much we need to eat. And in my mind and in my heart, in that moment, I was like, yes, we love that for you. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for saying that. I felt very proud from not only the, uh, the intuitive eating dietitian, but also the, the girlfriend perspective. Yeah. Green light, green light. <laughs> I love it. Well, all right. I'm going to uh, read a couple off here first, and then we'll kind of uh, switch off from there. So first listener submission says, current boyfriend kindly called his coworker out on fad diet BS. Nice. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one. Do you want to get Taco Bell? Yes. Answer is always yes. <laughs> yes, please. Um, another one. I would text my ex, I'm going for a run and I'm back. And he would respond, is that it? Mm. And uh, I don't know about for you, but that one's going to be a no. Uh, I wish we had like one of those like DJ like soundboards. You, <laughs> you know how they have like those cool little sounds like, yes, exactly. The buzzer. Perfect. <laughs> All right. I guess I'm up, huh? You're up. All right. So my longest term boyfriend suggested I go to the gym more as a relationship fix. Red light. Mm, no. Nope. Red, red light. Definitely red light. Um, all right, next. Don't worry, love. The cookies made you happy, right? I love it when you're happy. We love that. We, lo we, we love a we person love who encourages uh, a good cookie eating sesh. <laughs> yeah, which reminds me, now that I'm reading that one, like my, my partner came home with a, a cookie for me the other day. <laughs> and I was like, I like fell out of my chair because it's just like not something that happens very often because he doesn't want to. It's just like, I was like, for me, like the emoji with the um, like tearing up yeah, eyes. Yeah, big eyed. Yeah, the one that's everywhere on TikTok. I know what you mean. Yes, yes. Like that was literally me. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, another good one. You can eat whatever you want. We love that. That is the energy yes. we need in 2021 and beyond. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. When we would go out to eat, he would order multiple drinks and food. When I ordered, he would say, you're expensive. To be honest, I don't know what my response would be in that moment. I think I might echo back like, you're expensive? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It seems like the pot calling the kettle black, as they say there. Right. I would just say yes and. <laughs> <laughs> yes and. What's it to you? You took it yes. here, right? Uh, okay, next one. My ex-boyfriend told me that he had a weight limit for his girlfriend and that I needed to watch my diet. All that I can say about this one is I am really happy that this person included ex-boyfriend in this statement, right? No longer current. Yeah. I like, I'm having like physical facial expressions and body movements right now, which nobody can see, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can see and I can affirm that the physical face expressions are happening. Um, okay. This next one is a positive one. My husband is straight sized and I am fat. He has never, never spoken ill about my body and loves it because it's me. Mm. Yes. I love that. And next one, he would take food out of my hands in front of my family because he wanted me to be smaller. Yeah. So 
that's toxic on a lot of different levels, but it's also putting this person in a really embarrassing situation in front of other people. Hmm. That must have been so painful to go through that. Yeah, I can only imagine too what the conversation must have been like after the fact. Like in my mind, snatching food out of someone's hand, like a choice that should be their own and only their own just really seems like I don't know, like a really big way to talk down on someone, to belittle them. Like, we are not here for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Stripping of autonomy. Yes. Just taken away. Yes. Yeah. Those are the words I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, wow. Nice job losing X pounds. Only X pounds to go now. Cue my, all my insecurities again. Yeah. I'm I'm glad someone put one like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so whoever this was, thank you for sharing because it really sheds light on the fact that complimenting people on weight change is not really a compliment at all. Mm-hmm. It's reminding someone that to receive this kind of love, praise, and attention or respect or whatever it may be is tied to the size of their body, which isn't true. Yeah, which then... I could imagine maybe in this person's mind, I don't know the person specifically, but maybe then it begs the question like, well, if my body ever changes again in the opposite direction, what is my partner going to think about me then? Right. So again, I'm going to echo what you said, a big thank you to this person sharing and a really powerful reminder for anyone listening. Like if you're looking to offer someone a compliment, let's look to like, abilities, talents, how that person makes you feel rather than how they physically show up. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Next one. When worrying about my stomach, my husband said to me, I think it's beautiful because you grew our babies in there. We both smile (laughs) now. (laughs) We love that one. (laughs) It's the little tear, tear eye emoji again. (laughs) Um, okay. My fiance, as I fix my relationship with food, always tells me, I support you. Eat what works for you. Mm. We love to see it. Does that fiance need a job? Because <laughs> we, might right? have space. we might have a space. Exactly. Um, next one. Uh, this is a, a fun and unique one. I wanted to be sure we included it, but I won't be upset if you don't finish that food. It's Okay. Parentheses, I grew up in a clean your plate type of household. Um, I love how that partner was just offering a reminder like, hey, it's okay if you finish. It's also okay if you don't, right? A moment we were talking Mm -hmm. about that autonomy stripping behavior. I feel like this is Mm -hmm. a really autonomy giving behavior. It's like, hey, you make the decision. It's fine for you to call the shots. Love that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, He was constantly saying, are you going to eat all of that? And that's too much food for you and commented on my body a lot. Yeah, that's, that's so tough. And, you know, like at first when I'm reading it, I'm, I'm thinking of how I experienced that. And it's because my partner wants to eat my food. <laughs> he <laughs> wants to take it away from me. So it's such a different light. And uh-huh. especially when that's paired with body, like negative body comments, I'm kind of assuming by how this person phrased this. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just not okay. It's just, it's just not. Yeah. We want to send hugs to our listeners. Yeah, Um, definitely. When I was 15, my boyfriend at the time said, I put on weight in the month we'd been together. Next time I saw him, he made me do crunches while holding my ankles. Um, big no. I'm happy that this person prefaced it was when they were 15. Now, this is not me saying when you're 15, you have the choice to go and treat people in an awful way, but maybe I'm hoping that as we learn and grow, we figure out, okay, it's not okay to make those comments. It's not okay to insinuate that someone needs to do X number of a movement in order to look a certain way. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we could all eat the same exact foods and move in the same exact way. And we would all still look like very different people. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at 15, like, I don't know if you remember your like teenage years, but those are like the set of years that I was like the most just like embarrassed by things that I don't care about anymore. Like, it's just like a really formative time, Mm -hmm. like in your life and things I feel like wouldn't affect me at all today would have affected me when I was like 15 or 16, because you're so like hyper aware of fitting in and being like accepted by your peers. Not that that doesn't happen when you're older, but I feel like at that age, it is paramount to anything else. Oh, in those formative years, a thousand percent. And it's like, we have to remember that our words can really have an impact on other people at all times throughout our life. But especially when someone is just like trying to figure out who they are and how they fit in the world. Right. So, um, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more about that, that age stamp being really alarming. Yeah. All right. I'm up. So my husband says he knew I was the one when we were dating and went to a barbecue place and I ate without worrying about what he thought. It was the best barbecue I've ever had. And now we're almost 10 years married with two kids. Awesome. We love a love story dripping in barbecue sauce. We love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my favorite foods as well next to pizza. So that one is special to me, this this submission. (laughs) All right. The next one. Hmm. Okay. Want to download my fitness pal with me? No, thank you. I mean, no, thank you. I, I want to hope with this one, the intention behind it was positive, right? Mm -hmm. Let's do something together. Let's be supportive of one another. But I think we also have to recognize that for some individuals, I mean, many of the individuals who I see in my practice, my fitness pal or any type of tracking device can be one of the things that opens up the floodgates to a lot of other dieting and disordered eating behaviors. So that's going to be a hard pass for me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, stay, stay with that hard pass. Cause here we go. Um, he said, if I wanted to lose weight, I just needed to stop eating. No, he spoke wrong. He, he just did. Yeah. He said something very false. Please, please, please. No one listening, no matter body size, weight, everyone in all bodies needs to eat and nourish their bodies. And if you have anyone out there, a partner, a health professional, I hate that I have to say that, but a friend telling you to stop eating, we gonna need to reassess Mm -hmm, (laughs) what is going mm -hmm. on there. Yes. It's like one of that one TikTok where everyone's like typing really fast, yeah. you know, sorry for non-TikTok <laughs> listener. <laughs> yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. All right. Final round here. These are our final three and we are ending on positive notes. Yes. Uh, my wife has never shamed me or mentioned my eating habits. She is always supportive. We stay on a supportive wife. We love that. Yes. Uh, Next one. This is one of my favorites. I smiled so big when I read this, but get it all, baby. Referring to the last last bite of food on my plate, LOL. I took this to be like a very fun, playful situation. Like, get it all if you want it. (laughs) Right. Versus like a food pusher, like a, you know, Italian grandmother that's like, you must eat the rest of your food. And you're like, I can't. Like, this is like the cute version of that. Cute version. I think because it ended with LOL, I think is why I took that to be a playful vibe. All right. Final one of date or ditch. His reply to my selfie eating a cookie. That's hot. The definition of a sexy pic is cookies not nude. <laughs> that is perfection. So if anybody is looking for a hot tip this Valentine's, <laughs> that's what we're leaving you with. Cookie pics, not nudes. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love it. Well, that is all that we have um, for our special Valentine's Day episode. Chelsea, thank you so much again for rolling with the idea, for being the, the yin to my yang, being the perfect balance of you know everything that you brought here today. So before we officially make this a wrap, please take a moment and tell our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on, et cetera. 
Yeah. And thank you for hosting me for my first ever podcast. So that's exciting. (laughs) Um, So like I mentioned before, I am on TikTok and also sort of Instagram, but Instagram doesn't love me as much as TikTok and that's okay. Um, But I am at RD underscore Chelsea there. And for my virtual coaching practice, we are Graze, Saver, Grow and actually co-own that with a wonderful a dietitian who is a NICU dietitian by day and an, an intuitive eating dietitian by night. So she is just like a wonder woman. And she is rd.samanthawally on Instagram. And she is sandwich, the rd on TikTok. So I just got her on TikTok this week and I'm so excited. I love it. That's a perfect handle as well. Sandwich. That's we love oh, yeah. names. Yeah. <laughs> and she does a lot of really cool stuff integrating like plant-based cooking and intuitive eating. Like she's a wonderful um, little like home cook. So it's great. That's great. Awesome. Well, to all of our listeners, be sure to check Chelsea and Sam, correct? Yeah. Sam, Samantha. Samantha. Okay. Um, out on the talks on Instagram, Gray Saver Grow. Love the name of your business, by the way. Um, But that is all we have for today's episode, Valentine's Day special of the Yours Chuli Pod. As always, if you all enjoyed today's episode or anything else that we share here on the podcast, be sure to tap those five stars if you feel so inclined. Leave a rating or review so that this pod can continue to grow and find the years of individuals who could benefit from this message. But until next time, yours truly, Claire and Chelsea.